This is the Relatable Podcast with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to create happy and loving marriages without making over their husbands. If you are a wife looking to transform your marriage from the inside out, you've come to the right place. Get ready to hear relatable stories, practical advice, and empowering perspectives for how to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of Relating Well. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan of Relatable, and I am thrilled that you pressed play and that we are meeting here again for the Relatable Podcast. I hope that you are enjoying the content that I'm sharing, and I would really appreciate if you wouldn't mind taking a little bit of time to just provide a review, your feedback and your um sharing what this podcast is meaning to you, what this podcast is doing for you is so helpful for me as I come up with the ideas of topics that I want to share. And so if anything you've heard thus far has been impactful, has made you pause and think and look at things from a different perspective, I would love to hear about it. Um, So I would appreciate your honest review. And if it happens to be a five-star review, all the better. Um, But I would love your feedback. So if you uh, can take a minute to do that, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, So today I wanted to come on and talk with you about this concept of being an empowered wife. And what does that mean? I think the word empowerment is something that we hear thrown around a lot, right? There's like women's empowerment. And it's just one of those words that people say, um, without always sort of investigating what it actually means. And so um, I wanted to talk a little bit from my perspective about empowerment and um, really how I'm approaching the conversations that we have and what I hope you take away from um, this podcast. And, you know, when you look on the Google, the Googles, (laughs) when you do your Google search, because Google can tell you everything, um, it defines uh, empowerment as the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's rights. Another definition is authority or power given to someone to do something. And I really like both of those for a couple of reasons. So authority and power given to someone to do something. I think the do something aspect is so important when it comes to empowerment that a lot of times we like to be inspired. We like to be encouraged. 
And empowerment is a little bit different. It's equipping you. It's giving you something that maybe you hadn't noticed that you have at your disposal or maybe you haven't been using in the way that could be maximized. But the goal is for you to take action. And I remember when I first started my business and thought about what it was I wanted to accomplish with my life, I came up with my own personal mission statement, which was really to use my knowledge, my skills and experiences to empower people to take action in their lives. And as I come to you with this podcast, that is what I want to do. That is my hope that something I would say or something that I would share would spark something in you, would be a catalyst for you to actually take action in a meaningful area in your life. And the other piece of empowerment that I really, really love is this process of becoming stronger. I, you know, in talking with so many women, I have observed how much we put ourselves in the victim role. And I know that that, you know, victim mentality is something that is another phrase that is thrown around a lot. But It's something that if you really sort of assess how you view your life and how you view the situations of your life, I'm sure you'll find that there are moments where you do become the victim, where you do sort of allow what your husband may be doing or what your husband may be saying to dictate how you think, how you feel, and how you respond. And so it is my hope that through these conversations we have here, that you would become stronger, that you would become more confident that you would step more into your power as a woman and as a wife to control your own thinking, to control your own feelings and emotions, and to control your own responses. And so today I come to you to just share five qualities, characteristics, tenets of what it means to be an empowered wife. And if you haven't already, I do have a group on Facebook called the Empowered Wives Society. I would love to meet you there as well and to continue sharing um, just the message that I have on my heart for wives and for our role and the particular position that we occupy in our families and in our communities and in the world, really. So the first um, thing I wanted to share when it comes to being an empowered wife is an empowered wife values self-reflection. What does that mean? It means, in essence, that she is willing to look in the mirror and examine herself. I think David, in one of the Psalms in the Bible, talked about, search my heart, dear Lord, right? Sort of shine a spotlight on those areas within me that I need to be aware of. And self-reflection, I think, is one of those superpowers that when we have it and when we embrace what it reveals to us, that our whole lives can change. 
um, self-reflection is really sort of looking at how you are showing up, looking at the energy you bring to a situation, looking at how you respond to things, looking at your thought patterns and the things you believe and how those thoughts and those beliefs play out in your conversations, in your reactions, in your daily living and um, you know, interactions with your husband. And so an empowered wife values self-reflection. She embraces it. And part of that is the own conversation, um, the conversation in her own head about who she is, how she's showing up, what she's thinking about, what she needs to process. But it's also welcoming the feedback of others and welcoming um, the idea of how others perceive you. Others that you actually care about, because I'm sure in a future podcast, I'm going to talk much about not caring about other people's opinions, because I think we also do too much of that. But when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to the relationship between you and your husband, it is so important that you pay attention to the things he is mirroring back to you about yourself. Marriage in and of itself, is a self-reflection tool and that your husband is going to trigger, agitate, um, bring to the surface parts of you that maybe you have been trying to push under the rug, parts of you that maybe you have not been wanting to deal with or look at or address. And so part of that valuing self-reflection is being attuned to and um eyes open to how you are coming across to your husband. Um, and so an empowered wife values that. She does not run away from it because she recognizes that when she can see herself fully, if she can see herself from a full 360 degree perspective, then she can do something about the parts that she doesn't like. And so when it comes to receiving that feedback, when it comes to the self-reflective process that you may undergo, the question I love to leave you with is, based on what you see, what do you love? And what do you want to keep? And what do you want to change? What is not serving you and how you want to show up into the world? And so it's not just about, oh, my husband thinks this of me, so I should change it. You have to pass that through the gate of, do I think this of me? Do I want to change it? Is this, is this an area where I know I can be doing better? Okay, so that's point number one. Number two is an empowered wife seeks internal happiness. And even as I say the word internal, I'm also thinking of eternal, right? Because internal and eternal are, you know, two two sides of uh, the same coin where you recognize that the things that bring you happiness are not outside of yourself, that the things that bring you happiness are those almost intangible um, things that never go away, and so when we look for our husband and his words and his actions um, to be the source of our happiness, it's one of those things that we will never be satisfied with. That if you are a woman who is feeling emotionally needy at the moment where you want the affirmation of your husband, you want him to say how much he loves you and to shower you with words of praise and affection, if that's what you believe will make you happy, 
right? At some point, he's not going to say it the right way. At some point, he's going to skip a day. At some point, he's going to forget. At some point, he's not going to mean it as much as you would like to imagine that he does. And so when we look for happiness outside of ourselves, we become dependent on a source that can never fully meet our expectations. And true happiness, true joy, true fulfillment comes first from your relationship with God as your creator and second from your relationship with yourself. And so again, in this process of self-reflection and seeking an internal sense of happiness, you have to look within and you have to assess like, am I happy with myself? Am I living my life in a way that makes me proud, that makes me happy? When I wake up in the morning, do I have something within myself to look forward to? When I go to bed at night, do I rest easy knowing that I'm comfortable in my own skin, that I'm at peace with myself, that I'm happy with who I am and how I am being in my life right now? And I promise you, if you cannot answer yes to that, that there is nothing your husband can say, there is nothing your husband can do, there is nothing your husband can demonstrate to you that's going to make you feel that way. Whenever I'm working with my clients, I like to say that, you know, when you have an internal sense of happiness, you create your own um sort of receptacles, <laughs> uh, sort of your own antennae, if you will, for happiness. And so if you are cultivating your own garden of happiness, then you have all these receptors for happiness. If you're working on it constantly, let's say you have like 10,000 receptors of happiness. That means that whenever something external to you is there, right, that can trigger the feeling of joy and happiness and excitement, then you're going to recognize it. But if you haven't cultivated your own receptors of happiness within yourself, you can miss out on all the joy, on all the love, on all the happiness that is actually there right in front of you. And so it's so important that you spend some time with yourself, loving yourself, appreciating yourself, being happy with yourself, seeking God to fill up those wounded places in your heart where maybe you aren't happy. Maybe you do feel a little inadequate. Maybe you do feel a little abandoned or, you know, distressed, right? And so if God fills it, and then you cultivate it by doing the things that bring you joy, by being aware of what it is that makes you happy about yourself, then you will be able to experience so much more happiness in your life from those external sources. But that can only happen when you first done the work to be happy with who you are as a person. Number three is an empowered wife operates from a place of love. An empowered wife operates from a place of love. Um, about a year ago, I gave a talk and the it was at a conference, a women's conference, and the theme was... Um, really based on the scripture of, you know, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and turn away from their wicked ways, you know, I will hear from them. 
And I lasered in on that section of that scripture that talked about, if my people who are called by my name. And it got me thinking, like, what does it mean to be called by the name of God? And to be called by the name of God means that you first have to have an understanding of what the name of God is in the first place. And God is love. And so then it got me thinking like, okay, if my people who are called love, and I gave the talk and it was called, can I call you love? And I wanted to share that with you. And I want to pose that question to you as you think about your role as a wife. Like if I were to peek inside your home and see your interactions with your husband, could I call you love? right? Could I call you love? And so what is love, right? We, we know well that scripture, um, that first Corinthians chapter 13. And I wanted to share with you a couple of different um, translations of it, because I find that when you look at the different translations in the Bible, some of them really speak to you in new ways and give you new insight into what is really being said. So the first one I want to just share, and I want you to ask yourself this question, right? Can I call myself love. Can I call myself love? And so what is love? In the New International Version, it says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. Can I call you love? Right? Another... um, translation. This is from the message translation. And it says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Can I call you love? Can I call you love? Or are there times when you are impatient? Are there times when you care more for yourself than your husband or for others? Are there times when it really is me first? Are there times when you fly off the handle? Right? Are there times when you actually keep a record of the wrongs? And are there times when you give up and withdraw? Now, 
this is something that even if I were to ask of myself, right, I would have to be honest and say, well, I'm not love 100% of the time. And I think that's okay because part of this is being compassionate with where you are, but then also, again, in that empowerment phase of like taking action, like, well, what are you going to do about it? If there's a component of this definition of love that you know does not fit you more often than not, then maybe that is the perfect place for you to set your intentions and to set your growth to evolve in that area. Right. And so for me, patience has probably been on one one of those things that I've been working on since my husband and I were dating. And I have to be super conscious to choose to be patient in situations that test my patience. That is the only way I will develop patience. Right. I have to suspend my tendency to want to count up how much more I'm doing around the house or how much more I'm doing with the children and really enter into a place of gratitude and to recognize that when I want to compare what I'm doing to what my husband doing, that that's not coming from a place of love. I love that it says that love um, sort of looks for the best. Are you giving your husband the benefit of the doubt or are you looking for him to always disappoint you, to always let you down? Can you assume the best in him? Can you see the best in him? Can you bring out the best in him? Because you first saw, looked for, and brought out the best in you. That's when that can happen. And so an empowered wife operates from a place of love. An empowered wife, this is number four, um, takes responsibility. Oh my gosh, this one. So this concept of taking full responsibility means that you are always looking at how you contribute to the situation, the circumstance, the results, the outcomes that are taking place in your marriage and in your life. And our ego, right, that small version of ourself that just wants to believe we are amazing and incredible and we never do anything wrong and everybody else is wrong, that ego wants to protect us and will lead us to want to blame or displace um, responsibility from ourselves onto others for the things that are happening. And I am of the mindset that in our lives and in our marriage, we have to get to a place of taking full responsibility, like full responsibility. And I think where I had to learn this and where I try to help my clients learn this is when you know your husband does something that is disappointing, when he does something that is in violation of an expectation that you had when he does something that violates you, not violates you, excuse me, no, not violates you, when he does something that violates your trust and betrays you. And I speak with a lot of women who are dealing with betrayal at multiple levels, right? And so betrayal can look like he sent an inappropriate text or was flirting with someone or he, you know, actually had an affair. Betrayal runs the gamut of a lot of different things. 
And one of the things that I really try to help them see with love and with compassion and with empathy for the devastation that they feel is to look at the marriage and to find the crack that made it vulnerable for something like that to happen in the first place. That does not excuse his behavior. That does not excuse the choices that he made. But not 99.99999% of the time, there is some place where you need to take responsibility for what was happening in the marriage to allow such a temptation to come in and be a threat. That is not to blame you and that is not to shame you. And this is something, again, that I mentioned, I have had to look at my role and many of the things that have happened in my own marriage um, where it would be much easier to just blame my husband and say, well, he did the wrong thing and he made the wrong choice and he um, you know, didn't act out of integrity or meet my expectations or he, he disappointed me. But I also have to take responsibility. And this happens in big things like the issue of betrayal at whatever level. And it happens even in small things, right? I think some of the daily frustrations we experience when um, we feel like our husband maybe isn't helping around the house as much as we want is even that's a place where you can take responsibility. So he may not be helping around the house a lot, but have you explicitly asked him to do what needs to be done? And I know you're probably saying to yourself, but why do I have to ask him? Why do I have to be the one? He sees that the dishes are a mess. He sees that the kids need to be dressed. He sees that you know the laundry is sitting up and piling up. He sees all of that. He should know. And yes, he should know, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight that fight with you in this conversation. But you have to look at yourself like, have I taken responsibility for getting what I would like to happen to actually happen? That ball is in your court 90% of the time, 100% of the time, right? And so you have to ask yourself, where can I begin to take more responsibility for the things that are happening in my marriage, right? And it goes both ways. It goes both ways for the good things too. Like what are the things that are working that you can actually take responsibility for as well? Because you absolutely want to produce and reproduce more of that happening just the same, okay? But an empowered wife takes responsibility. And then the last point that I'll leave you with today is... Um, an empowered wife chooses forgiveness daily. <sighs> Let's just ex- exhale on that one, right? Oh, this topic of forgiveness. This is something for sure we will delve deeply into on this podcast. But I have thought a lot about forgiveness. I've studied forgiveness. I've read books on forgiveness. I've practiced forgiveness. I've given classes on forgiveness. And what I have come to understand and help others to understand is that forgiveness really is a daily process. And sometimes it requires that even in the midst of your pain, you still choose to forgive. And a lot of times I think we want to be deceived into thinking that by forgiving someone, we eliminate the hurt and the pain that we experience as the result as a result of whatever they said or did. And that's not always the case. And 
I have learned to appreciate how you can still be hurt and devastated and heartbroken by what someone else has done or said or a choice that they made and still forgive them and sit with both the hope and the promise that forgiveness offers as well as the pain and the hurt and despair by what you are experiencing um, from what they did. And so forgiveness is one of those things where it's literally a moment by moment decision that you will have a thought that crosses your mind that reminds you of what happened. And every time that thought crosses your mind, you have the choice. You have the choice to grab hold of that thought, to sit there and bury it in your heart and feel hurt and angry and resentful. Or you have the choice to see that thought and just pass it along and just notice it like, yes, I notice, I remember that moment that hurt me, that broke my heart, that caused me pain, that made me angry. I remember it and I release it. It's like you catch it and you release And you choose to move on and you choose another way of opening your heart and softening your heart and embracing the love that's there wanting to bubble out for the sake of your own peace of mind. Forgiveness does not excuse the other person for what they did, but an empowered wife recognizes that forgiveness comes from her place of greatest power. That even in the weakness, even in the heartbreak, By choosing to forgive, she shows up powerfully for herself, for her own well-being, for her own emotional health. And that is far more valuable, far more precious than holding on to the resentment that you may want to hold on to. And so you can forgive the big things. You can forgive the small things. Um, An exercise I would highly recommend at the end of the day Um, After you do gratitude, because that is by far my foundational exercise that everybody get in the habit of doing, but to just ask yourself, like, what do I need to forgive today? What has happened that annoyed me, frustrated me, rubbed me the wrong way, made me raise an eyebrow? What is it? Like, what what do I need to forgive today? And then choose to forgive it, right? Choose to operate out of a place of love, choose to take responsibility for your part in that situation, choose to create your own internal sense of happiness and choose to be very self-reflective about what is happening. So there you have it. Those are just five. I could probably come up with 500, (laughs) but those are just five of the qualities and characteristics of an empowered wife. And again, if you have not yet joined me in my Facebook group, the Empowered Wife Society, I would love to meet you there as well. And um, that's it. So be empowered. Be empowered and become stronger from having listened to this podcast. Become and do something as a result of what you have just listened to. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back with you very, very soon. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Now I'd love to connect with you more. Join me in my private group on Facebook, the Empowered Wives Society, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at berelatable.com. 
There you'll find additional resources to help you create the happy and loving marriage you desire. And of course, I can't wait to meet you right back here for the next episode. Until then, make your marriage amazing.